Are the Mariners still interested in Blake Snell? Rumor has it they might be. We'll also talk about a couple of bullpen additions that the Mariners have made over the past few days, and we'll wrap up with some questions that we have about what Justin Hollander had to say when he was on 710 the other day. Thank you guys so much for watching episode 51 of the Hit It Here podcast, part of the Believe Network. I'm here with Joe. Joe, what up? <laughs> what up? What's up, dude? What's up, bro? No, we're good. We're good. You know, the Mariners have made some some light additions in the pitching department the last couple of days. However, there's still rumblings, rumors, that the big fish still in the pitching market pond could still be on his way to Seattle for whatever reason. Blake Snell, the, it's still happening. The rumors are still happening, even with Jerry saying, we're going to start the season with the five pitchers that we started last ended last year with. They're going into spring training with that in their mind, and Di Scalfani is the sixth, Emerson Hancock has the seven. yet Jared Carabas on the Baseball is Dead podcast is saying, I still see the Mariners as a suitor for Blake Snell. Colton, is there any substance there? You know what, Joe? I'm not really sure. I wouldn't bet on it, but you know what I would do is I would bet with Bet Online. Bet Online is one of our favorite partners to work with as part of the Believe Network. When you head to Bet Online and use promo code BELIEVE, on your first deposit, you're going to get a 50% off welcome bonus. The NFL playoffs are right around the corner, and there's no strings attached for the Seattle sports fans, unless for some reason you're an out-of-Seattle sports fan for football, because unfortunately, the Seahawks did get eliminated. But no strings attached means you can place bets wherever you feel like without your emotions getting too heavily involved. And say you're not an NFL better, maybe you like the NBA more. Obviously, Bet Online has you covered there. And going even further down the line, they've got the NHL. They've got every major sport that you guys can think of. So head to Bet Online to place those bets today. They've got you covered with all the up to the second odds, news, and scores. They've got additional odds, lines, and trends. And that info is available to you on both desktop and mobile. So you can access the world's best wagering info anytime, anywhere, any place. Remember, that's code BLEAV for your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, it's where the game starts. Yeah, so I find it very interesting just to see what Jared Carabas had to say here because he went on and said this, and I think it was Ryan Dempster that was on there with him. He's like, no, it doesn't make sense anymore, blah, blah. And Jared's like, well, there's rumblings. Oh, there's movement there, blah, blah. And then somebody commented like, what are you talking about? He's like, there's substance to this. He said, they are still in on him. I don't know. I know the other guy, like it's Dallas Braden. Dallas Braden, not part of the show with him. And Switch tweeted the clip and saying like, we need to know. We need to know what's going on. And then some other people were replying like, there's like, why is this even here? And then like, there's actual questions being posed to Caribs. Like, is this real? And he's like, yes, there's substance to it. Like he sees them as a serious player for Snell in this market. And... It, it feels just very contradictory to me from what we've heard the last week from anybody in the Mariners organization about their direction with the rest of this offseason and how they are approaching the rest of this offseason going to next year. It just, it does not feel like it's connected. Like the, the, the Blake Snell rumors and what the Mariners front office is looking at, they seem like they're in completely different worlds. Yet, Caribus says that there's like, there's still substance and it's like... Yeah, I, I guess because there's the hometown connection, there's still the market available for him. So like if he's there and he's willing to take a discount, why not go for it? If you can't find any other people to fill out your roster with, I mean, sure. If you get him for two years, 15 million, give him the Shoto Imanaga contract, you know, maybe not as long, but 15 million a year, make Brian Wu go back down to the minors just to like chill or maybe throw him in the bullpen to just chill call the day at that point you trade one of those guys 
I mean, absolutely. I mean, you have to, because <laughs> you're not going to be able to use that money to go out and get anyone else at that point. I think that this might make sense because they moved the Robbie Ray contract. So obviously, you know, the Robbie Ray $25 million, he's going to get paid, I think next year or the year after mm -hmm. like that. Maybe that money now goes to Snell. Like maybe they sign Snell to like a 10 year or $10 million deal this year. But then, like, it's he's like a two-year, like, $35 million deal, right? And then $25 million next year or something weird. I don't know. But just to use that money from Robbie, because obviously you'll have money coming off the books this year when Scalfani is gone. That's another $12 million off of your books. You'll have other guys as well that are more short-term guys. So I think that it could make sense. All the people in our comments that keep saying, sign Blake Snell, even though it doesn't make any sense, are now just, woo! They are so excited. Yeah, they're vindicated. They're like, ah, oh, Marimojo, we told you. It still doesn't make sense for the Mariners to sign Blake Snell unless they go and trade one of their young starters afterwards. Because at that point, Blake Snell's your four. Thoughts? I mean, I'd put him behind, definitely behind, him behind Castillo Cass and Kirby. Mm -hmm. Whether or not he's in front of Gilbert because you maybe want to throw a lefty in there ahead of three, you know, for rotation construction, sure. He's your three, but am I trusting Gilbert more often than Snell next year? Probably just because I think Gilbert can grow, whereas Snell might be like at his plateau or like declining, even though he just won Cy Young. I mean, that's no slouch there. Obviously, he won Cy Young for a reason. But based around how I could see the Mariners and their pitching being projected, Snell at the three, Gilbert at the four, only because Snell's a lefty. Blake Snell and Robbie Ray are very similar players. Very similar. They walk everyone. Thoughts? And they strike out a ton of people. Yep. But And they're both coming off. Of, you know, a Cy Young. Mariner signed Robbie Ray when he won a Cy Young. Now maybe they'll sign Blake Snell. It's interesting. Because Jared Karabas is a, you know, national baseball guy. He was mainly for the Red Sox. Mm -hmm. If if he's saying it, I mean, why would he be saying it? You know, like, why would he be saying there's substance here, blah, blah, You know, this still could happen. If there's not at least some smoke there. Mm -hmm. There's got to be at least some semblance of smoke. But to us, it makes no sense. Because with everything else the Mariners need, signing Blake Snell, unless the next move is then to trade one of Wu or Miller for bats, doesn't make any sense to me. So don't hold your breath on a Blake Snell signing. But, I mean, we have to report on the fact that a national baseball guy is saying that it's possible. Even though I wholeheartedly agree with Dallas Braden, it doesn't make sense. Money-wise, it doesn't make sense. All the financial constraints, it doesn't make sense. Everything that we have heard is contradictory to that. With that being said, however, Jerry Depoto, in his comments, I believe it was after the Rayleigh deal, he said, you know, we'll be looking at guys who as we get closer mm. to the season, you know, are coming, you know, might have different ideas of what they want to do for the season, you know, and maybe mm -hmm. that's Blake Snell. Maybe they're, maybe he's willing to take a bigger discount as they get closer to the season to pitch for the Mariners and just find a club in general. So who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe that's kind of what, um, Carabas is going off of here. I don't know. Yeah. That whole part of, I think it was on what the Sirius XM MLB network show. I think that's where it was from, but talking sure. about, yeah the guys that maybe have different ideas of where the free agency plans are going. That was a very interesting little like tidbit that Jerry kind of talked about. Cause for me, that screams more. So the markets that haven't really picked up for the bats, because obviously the Mariners are in a position where they still need bats as opposed to pitching. And so for me, that screamed more so like Cody Bellinger, you know, not like crazy, but like if the market sees a, a spot for it to go in, we, we have Bellinger at home now with Luke Rayleigh, but similar things like that where they're not fitting into that the market that they maybe saw developing throughout the entire offseason. That was just something that I thought was an interesting comment that Jerry made 
just on the fact that like if he still thinks that there's guys out there that fit with the roster in that free agent pool that just haven't seen their like the offers come in like if matt chapman hasn't seen anything come in the mayors are looking at Luis arias at third and being like okay if we can get matt chapman for like 12 million dollars it'll never happen for 12 million but that's got to be I, for me that's what it felt like more so than blake snell personally is more the position player side did you just compare luke Rayleigh to cody bellinger yes they I stopped can, listening after you said that because my mind was like they can play all three outfield positions and first base done very deal. different bad at all profile they hit left-handed yeah. All right. <laughs> Cody Bellinger hardly struck out last year. That's um, all they need to do is just hit left-handed and play the same positions, and they're the same guy. All right. What was, what was Luke really like one per, first percentile in barrel rate or something like that? Don't worry about it. All right. Don't don't good. take a deep dive because you won't find would, the things you want to see. I would never take a deep dive on anything that you say, personally. Thank you. With that being said, let's take a deep dive. Great transition on the relievers the Mariners have added three relievers here in the past couple of days in Corey Sneed, right? No. Corey, no, <laughs> Kirby, Kirby, Kirby Sneed, Jonathan Diaz, and however the heck you say the other guy's name, Mauricio Yovera. I'm assuming that it's Yovera LL. Yeah, but. he was added to the 40 man roster. He uh, was DFA'd by the Red Sox in the Giolito deal, I think. I'm not sure what roster move caused him to be DFA'd, but yes, it was from the Red Sox. So, I don't know. I mean, interesting guy. He had like a two two five ERA in AAA or something like that last year. I don't know if there's anything there. He struggled in his limited appearances in the major leagues, but he's still under club control through 2028, even though he's been around for like four years. I don't know. Weird. Yeah. Um, Kirby Sneed and Jonathan Diaz, both left-handed. I mean, just the, the the right now, the Mariners are filling out their depth guys is what this is. Do you, do you think there's anything with these guys right now? The, certain things to note. I think about each one individually, right? Jonathan Diaz is a swing guy. He made, I think, eight starts last year. It might have been just been in AAA, but he did make eight starts across, I think, his 38 total games that he pitched in last year. So it's possible that he could make a spot start for you if need be. Would you trust him more than Darren McCacken? I don't know, right? If it's like someone where we're that desperate, maybe not, right? But it's nice depth to have there as a guy that's a swing guy similar to Anthony DiSclefani that we just picked up as well. For Kirby Sneed, he's 29. He pitched in 15 games last year to a 4.63 ERA. Nothing really special to write home about. It's just, again, it's a depth piece. This is like, oh, I was going to say his name, but I already forgot it. The guy from the Blue Jays that was a reliever 2022 that we forgot that one podcast. Huh? Trent Thornton? No. You said 2022? Yeah. Ryan Barucki. Yeah. For me, Kirby Sneed is just like this year's Ryan Barucki potentially. Like you might see him. I had to tell him that name. Don't let him cut out the part where he asked. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Don't you worry. I'm going to cut that out though. Snarky. (laughs) Snarky. But yeah, he's going to probably pitch like two, three innings and then we'll never see him again. JB Bukowskis? Maybe, right? It's just these depth pieces that you're adding, it's good that they have options. Because you're going to need to be moving guys up and down, left and right, whatever, when the season comes around, if you have to make some roster moves in a pinch. The bullpen is the easiest place, like, place to make that happen. But the most interesting one, though, for me is obviously Yovera, because he did get added to the 40-man, like you said. Hit 95. He's touched, like, close to 100. I think I saw Joe Doyle tweet about it. He's used to hit, like, close to 100, but mainly sits around, like, 95 these days. But if the Mar- if the Mariners lab can do anything to these guys to turn them into 
useful in some capacity, they'll be fine. I, I, you know, it's, is this guy going to go out there and take innings away from Topa, Brash, Munoz right now? No. But if he lengthens your bullpen in some capacity, that's great because it's a long season. The Mariners, I don't, I mean, I, I can't say this with confidence, but the amount of arms used in each and every year, it's not just going to be the strict eight guys you start with your pen at the beginning of the year. Like, I don't know how many of the Mariners used last year, but I'm going to, I'll say, I'll say like 20, 20 relievers at, last year. At least. Yeah. Right. And so if Yovera's making some appearances out there, you know, he throws a total of like 20 innings. That's great. And hopefully he's just not ass. And that's just what you got to hope for. Hopefully he isn't bad. Because you know what? Well, very words good analysis. Of, words of wisdom. <laughs> hopefully he's not ass. Because if he's ass, <laughs> so be it. Because what do we do to get him? Picked him up Nothing. off waivers and pay, or paid him league minimum? Fine with me. We've talked about this before. Like anytime the Mariners pick somebody up, like a reliever of some kind, it's notable. Like, because of how good they are at turning these guys into something, it's notable. When they pick up the Gabe Spires, the Paul Seawalds, they trade for the Justin Topas, it's notable. And like Joe said, could these guys be people that are going to throw high leverage innings for you? Probably not. It's unlikely. It's always unlikely when you pick up guys, especially on a waiver claim, that they're going to be anything. But there's always that possibility. I mean, you ha you can't look at the Mariners' bullpen right now and not realize that they built it based on like the, the idea of finding guys that nobody else thought could be anything and turning them into something with the Topas, the Spires, Taylor Saucedo's, obviously mm -hmm. Paul Seawald last year. You got Paul Seawald on a minor league deal and turned him into two or three everyday-ish bats. Like, that's crazy. And I think that looking at these relievers, you probably, like these names, there's a good chance you never hear them again. This is the last time you hear them. But there's that slim possibility that these guys are all of a sudden going to be closing out the World Series. <laughs> You know, you, sh you like, never know. <laughs> like, like all of a sudden, Kirby Sneed is going to be blowing it past Mike, not Mike Trout, past Shohei Otani in game seven. You know, his his average 93 mile an hour fastball, blowing it by him, <laughs> blowing it by him. All right. Mark this down. When Kirby Sneed strikes out Shohei Otani in game seven of the World Series in 2024, Colton said it. All right. Colton I didn't say he has to be pitching for the Mariners. I just said to Kirby Sneed in general. So I'm giving myself a wide bet. Yeah. But 29 or 28 other teams. Going back to the Yo World Era, Series, there are only 14 other teams play the American League, but it's fine. That's a good point. Going Thanks. back to Yovera for a second, his slider, which is the pitch that I think the lab can really hone in on a lot of the times it's i think when we acquired topa that was the conversation of oh he's got this slider that just moves like nothing else that we've ever seen yovera's slider has 15.3 inches of break which is seven it's i think it's 7.7 .7 more inches it's a lot than the average <laughs> this is about 7.7 .7 inches <laughs> according to you so it's like he's got this devastating slider statistically can he use it as a weapon in game can he use his sinker as the like opposite end of that pitch where it breaks a different way but you're still in that same arm slot potentially right it's just a matter of whether or not he gets the opportunity to and the the lab as it's been deemed can make use of it these guys especially somebody like how do you say his last name yovera 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 he will probably, I don't know if he'll slot into the bullpen opening day. We'll have to wait and see, obviously, depending on injuries and whatnot. 
but he's on the 40 man already. I don't know if he has options or not. I'm sure he does. Um, but he's a guy that you could throw in there and pick, he pitch like the sixth inning for you. And at the start of the year, you know, guys like Bryce Miller, Brian Wu, all these guys, they're not going to necessarily be throwing, you know, eight, nine innings in the first few, like the first month or so of the season. That's just, you ramp guys up slowly. And Justin Hollander actually mentioned that in his radio spot. He said that while the, they're not going to be throwing a bunch of innings at the start of the year, there's really no hard innings cap on either of those guys. Similar to how Kirby and Gilbert didn't have innings caps on them. These guys aren't going to have innings caps on them. I'm more surprised about that for Brian Wu than I am Bryce Miller. Yeah, without you, a doubt, because it's the injury concern, and we, we're the whole conversation about Wu last year was, oh, this is the most innings he's ever thrown in his professional career. How is he still out there throwing baseballs? And when it came down to September, they, I don't want to say like phantom IL'd him, but they pretty much phantom IL'd him to yeah. allow him to just catch a little break and be there at the end of the season should they need it, and he made a start against the Rangers that was pivotal to keeping the Mariners, you know, season alive, and that was only possible because they shut him down for 10, 15 days because of the amount of innings that he was throwing. Hearing that he's not going to be on an innings limit next year is very, very surprising to me. That tells me though, that they've got a game plan at the beginning of the year to, like you're saying, have them only go five, get them out early and let the bullpen go to work or split a start with like Scalfani, like have one go like have one of them go three innings have Scalfani go three kind of split it up there and you've got the depth theoretically at your disposal as it stands right now so hearing that from hollander i think shows that they're looking to be i mean it's a dumb thing to say but like looking to be competitive later in the season because they think that they're going to position themselves to be competitive when it matters. Whereas like at the beginning of the year, sure. Like, yeah, winning every game counts. Like it, there's, there's a purpose to it. If the Rays didn't get out to their historical start and win 99 games, like, are they, are we looking at them as like a real contender in the playoff race? Cause they slowed down at them. Probably not the Rangers. They got off to a very hot start, slowed down immediately. So not immediately, but heavily in the second half. So sure. Winning those games early on in the year is important, but knowing that they're, I want to say saving them more so for the second half of the year by not having them on an innings limit and maybe having that game plan, I think bodes well for how they view where they're at with their pitching staff from like a personnel level. Mm -hmm. And even with guys like Logan, George and Luis, like they're still going to, they're not, none of these guys are going to come out there and be throwing, you know, complete game start the season. They, I will honestly, I'll be surprised if any of them throw a complete game this year. Let's be honest. Complete game just doesn't exist anymore, but at two last year, who george george had one it was a loss or he actually right. had, he had two he threw a complete game technically against the phillies early on it was in like the a year. seven inning game right eight inning game well he only threw eight because the they right. were the away team so it's a weird caveat but that one and then the loss against the orioles and then gilbert's complete game shutout against the giants Right. But they're few and far between across, you know, the 162 starts you make in a year. You only get three. You go back. If you look back in the 1950s, every single game was a complete game. It felt like, <laughs> For right? somebody. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot different of a game, which I get with. The, that's kind of the way you were going with that. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think that it's necessarily anything to be concerned about. Like, I don't think that if we see, you know, these guys get pulled after the fourth inning, we need to be worried at the start of the year, unless they're obviously in some pain. You got the trainer coming out or what have you. Mm -hmm. You don't need to worry too much about it. And I think that it's interesting because in this same interview, in the same interview spot, Hollander said that the 
trade market right now is weird. He said that there's not a whole lot of teams other than your typical, you know, maybe the Rockies, the Athletics, etc. The teams that suck that are willing to take prospects in trade packages. It's MLB for MLB trying to fill out their roster right now. And that honestly is kind of a big hangout for the Mariners. Joe, tell them why. For the Mariners, there's really only a couple pieces, I think, that are on that major league talent level that you're willing to dispose of or trade in a package to get other MLB talent back. Like for the Mariners, I don't want to say that their roster depth is thin in any way, but if you're looking to acquire MLB talent, trading away from whatever talent you already have, it's hard to make significant upgrades, I think, within a singular season by trading. Like, it, we're, you're talking about, like, maybe, like, a Ty France and Jorge Polanco trade in my head with that conversation of, like, MLB talent for MLB talent. And sure, that trade would be fine in some capacity because then the Mariners go out and sign, say, Reese Hoskins to play for space. So there's options for them there, but would you be more inclined to trade some you know, Gabby Gonzalez and a reliever or Gabby Gonzalez and like two other prospects for Jorge Polanco with his 10 million this year and a mutual option in 2025. Maybe just because that allows you to retain Ty France, who maybe, you know, we're banking on being a bounce back candidate with driveline. And maybe we're valuing that too high as opposed to trading him and then signing Reese Hoskins, which is another, I think, potential bounce back candidate and the fact that he's recovering from ACL surgery. So there's a lot of, I think, ins and outs and caveats for this market that Hollander's saying just doesn't really exist for low A guys. And that's where a lot of the, I want to say the cream of the crop talent is for the marriage right now, but it's true. You know, Cole Young finished the year in Everett. Ty A, you got first round draft pick, Cole Emerson, first round draft pick, Ty Pete, first round draft pick, Johnny Famello, all in Modesto. Same thing with Lazaro Montes, Harry Ford's in a high A. Like the best prospect in double A at the end of last year was Tyler Lockler, and he got called up at the second half. So like, he's hardly double A like level prospect, in my opinion, in terms of where they've seen playing time. And so those prospects that are moving around that you might see, they're not going to be a lot of the guys in the Mariner system. Like maybe like a, not Jordan Lawler, what's his name? That, is that the guy from the Diamondbacks? Yes. I don't know. There, I, I am imagining some guys that just have been kind of blocked by other major league players on certain teams that could be making trades, like maybe like the Everson Pereiras on the Yankee. Like there's guys that just have been blocked by other teams and other players on their roster that have been in AAA or, you know, the higher levels of the minor leagues that would be moving as opposed to a lot of the personnel on the Mariners. Matt Mervis. Matt Mervis. Great name. Great Thank name you. drop. The wow, guy that really we've, job. we've been focused in on for the Mariners, I feel like, for a while, just in case, but never really happened. And maybe he'll get a starting job in in Chicago, finally, but who knows with what the Cubs are going to do because they just signed Imanaga, so maybe they're in it, maybe they're not. I don't freaking know. But the trade market for the Mariners, it seems like that's where they're going to have to go. Maybe. Which is what I think is interesting with them, like we were talking about with guys like Miller and Wu kind of getting off to slower starts, saving them up for the second half, because the Mariners, it's likely that teams are going to start accepting prospect-laden deals towards, you know, the trade deadline. As teams start to figure out, oh, we're in it, but we're not. Because mm -hmm. right now, everybody thinks they're in it because of the extent expanded playoffs. Everybody thinks they're in it except for the obvious choices. Like the, I mean, even the Royals think they're in it. Yeah, that's right. I said it. The, the Royals. Royals. <laughs> the team that's going to win the World Series in 2024, mark it down. So why, but they don't have, like, the Rockies. Who do you want on the Rockies? There's only a few guys, right? The, the athletics, maybe Brent Rooker, but not anymore. doesn't really make sense anymore. So mm -hmm. it's like, eh. 
So the Mariners, if they wanted to trade from their, maybe you could trade like quad A guys like Taylor Trammell, Cade Marlowe, but you're not going to get much in return for those guys. You're not going to go out there and trade for Polanco with a package of Taylor Trammell and I don't know, Taylor Trammell and Cade Marlowe both. Like you're not going to get, you're not going to get Jorge Polanco for that. No. So the Mariners are hard pressed right now to go out there and try to find a trade partner up. And so that's why I think them talking about acquiring money in season makes more sense. Let's say that the, the twins start off the season in a crapshoot. And they're like, shoot, we got to sell off these one-year guys now. And then maybe the cost comes down. Maybe they're willing to take prospects. And for the Mariners, like you said, the Mariners have a very, very good and underrated farm system, but it's all lower level. That's the one thing with this team. I mean, they said that the most underrated prospect in baseball is Cole Temerson. That's what that was on, I think, MLB Pipeline. Yeah, pretty sick. Mm-hmm. So they think um, Lazaro Montez is going to have a big breakout. Me too. Big, big Lazaro Montez guy. Yeah, I'm getting the jersey printed as we speak. Um, what number? Sixty nine. Um, okay. I think that I think that it makes sense that the, the Mariners may want to go out there and supplement, like we talked about at the start of the show. Let's bring it full circle. Maybe they want to supplement with Blake Snell. All right, because then they could trade off one of the Woos or Millers for it's a major league piece for a major league piece somewhere else. Maybe that's what they have to do. We don't know. And they said they wanted to move all the money around so that there's not so much money tied up in the pitching staff. Obviously, this would go completely against that. But it's just right now, it sounds like it's impossible to make the trades the Mariners need to do because they're so prospect heavy in what they have of value. Whereas they don't really have anyone to trade on the the 40 man right now that's worth anything that they want, that they can afford to give up. Like you give up Ty France, sure, but then you just create a hole at first base. Mm-hmm. And you sign Reese Hoskins, maybe, but who knows? That's one. Th- I was just thinking about like where certain prospects are in their development. Like Cole Young, sure, he's in high A, but dude could very well make it be a failure on the marriage part to some capacity unless he's just abs- just hitting 400 all of next year but if he, he could make his debut next year and i wouldn't be like overly surprised it'd be sh- very short-lived like an evan carter situation i think where he just comes up in september to try and be a spark plug and it, it works it doesn't whatever but everybody else their development and their like eta to the mlb according to the mlb, MLB pipeline seems about like a half year off like cole mm-hmm. young still listed as 2025 I don't think he's that far away. It's not like a guarantee, but whatever. I was thinking about Jonathan Classe. He was double A for the most of last year. And like Emerson Hancock. Those are like the two guys. Like, sure, Hancock, is he really MLB? I'd say he's the best prospect. That level of young, like on the fringe of like triple A MLB. Because he obviously he was pitching in MLB last year. That would be the one that I would say is in that realm of like, he could be a part of a trade package that's not he's a prospect putting quotes around prospect because like he's you know he's on his way out of that and like Jonathan Classic because his tools I think can play in the MLB today if the season started tomorrow he could be the bench guy stealing bases for I think any team in the MLB because his speed is undeniable and so if you find a trade partner that wants some outfielder that if they think they can de- develop his hit tool and utilize his speed in some capacity, and they get a young pitcher out of it for a guy that they probably don't want to pay, maybe that's how it works out for the Mariners. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I feel like you could throw Ryan Bliss in there if you need to. Sure. Like he's another guy that I feel like is close enough to the big leagues that they, teams might accept it. Like, I don't know if it would be a team like, you know, that's on the precipice, like a team that's right there, but a team that's looking for a young, controllable second baseman. Well, the Mariners are, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. So... 
I don't know if like that makes sense for the Mariners to do, but you have to if you're if you're the Mariners right now, that's the realm you have to think in. Because apparently, according to Justin Hollander and crew, and what we've seen as well, I mean, we've seen more MLB for MLB deals this offseason than I can remember in recent history. Like, I have not seen all that many prospect-laden deals. Obviously, you know, we can talk about, like, the Juan Soto deal, but even that, even that had a lot of guys who were already in the big leagues. Or, like, close to. Like, they're not, like, they're not trading guys that are going to be ready in 2029. It's, like, 2025 and, like, 2026, maybe at the latest, but, like, Michael King was, like, the big part of that, and he was fantastic for the Yankees last year. Mm -hmm. So, if you're the Mariners, how do you go out there and fill out this roster the rest of the way? Because I've talked about trading for Polanco with prospects, but it sounds like that's not really an option. Do you just do Emerson Hancock? Would you do, I think we talked about this, would you do Emerson Hancock straight up? Yes. Yeah, you would. See, I I, only if they pay down the contract a little bit would I do it. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm starting to lean towards the point, just because I really want to get a guy at second base, that I'm just, whatever, screw it. Take take Emerson Hancock, go. Give us Polanco. So maybe that's what you have to do. Maybe that's the next move for the Seattle Mariners coming up in 2023, 2024. What year is it? 2027? <laughs> I don't remember. Going more into what Justin Hollander had to say, he talked a lot about how he likes the Mitch Hanniger and Bradley depth that they've added. And I agree with that. I think that that is both those guys are good depth, but I don't think that they necessarily should be your starters every day. And we've talked about this in previous videos, but adding a piece in the outfield, I think is still very important as well. I don't know who, like you said, maybe earlier, maybe Cody Bellinger, you know, Kevin Mather comes hat in hand. <laughs> you know? Somehow, yeah. some way. Contracts, please. We'll work for contracts. Um, so maybe that's the piece that the Mariners need to go out there and get. Maybe they need to go out because obviously Teo's off the board now. Jorge Soler's still out there. Maybe... You know, maybe his price comes down. Although, I wonder if his price is going to go up now after what Teo got. It could. I mean, I'd say Soler's close to value in Teo. But I would rather have Soler more. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. if it's not more, it's right at what Teo got. And like, whether or not that's the deferred money included or not, that's, you know, that's the whole, that that's part of the conversation that they're likely needing to have. But so and adding an outfielder, I just think they have to be a, like, utility guy. Like, it has to be someone that can play the infield as well. Because, like, it's just going to be so crowded in that in that way. If you move, and it's not a bad thing that it's crowded because, I don't know, you still have Sam Haggerty on your roster. You don't necessarily have to carry Dom Canzone, but, like, it's looking like Dom Canzone should figure into and, like, be a part of the Major League roster on opening day, should unless, you know, something else happens, but... That's what I think a lot of the signs are pointing to. It's just how does he fit? Because I feel like Luke Rayleigh's very like going to be taking at bats away from him. And so if you add another outfielder into that fold, it's just taking more at bats away from him. But like, do we need to be guaranteeing Dom can zone bats at bats? Jesus, I hope so. He needs something to swing up there. <laughs> should we be guaranteeing him at bats to begin with? It's that same conversation of like, should we guarantee Ryan Bliss the starting second base job when he was tearing it up in the Arizona Fall League? Everyone's like, oh my god, Ryan Bliss. Like, no. We shouldn't, but that's my mm-hmm. hangup is like, where's the fit in the outfield for the Mariners signing a guy for like 10, $12 million. Right. And I think that that is when you have to talk about the France for Polanco deal. And then you move Rayleigh to first base mm-hmm. and then maybe still Lair is in the left field, but he's bad. He's terrible in the outfield. So yeah. like, you don't want that. Mm-hmm. And all the times that he's been in the outfield for a lot of the season, he's gotten hurt. Mm-hmm. Whereas his three most games played, his three years where he's played the most games, it's probably a better way to word that. Yeah. He DH for like set at least 60 to 70% of the season. So obviously, maybe you move Mitch Garver to first base 
right? And then, I mean, that's like, the same maybe... conversation. Exactly. His, exactly. his injury history is related to him being in the field. If we sign Solaire, we've got three DHs, and there's only one DH allowed to play a game, right? Just the we fact of the matter. That. Just sign. We'll, we'll write a letter to Rob Manfred tonight and say, hey, we need more DH spots. We're bringing back the Jack Zarensic era. Right? I think we already said this before, but it's funny. Kendrys Morales is out there. Mm-hmm. We have Corey Hart, all these guys. All right, that's our that's our outfield. Corey Hart's in left field or wherever he was for no, the Mariners. No defense, Orlando. just dingers. That's right, just dingers. JD. Speaking of which, JD Martin. Now there are four key takeaways from the recent comments made about the Seattle Mariners that you guys need to go check out. That video is on the screen now. I appreciate you guys watching episode fifty-one of the Hit It Here podcast presented by Bet Online and Go Mariners. Bang.